And welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. And we are so honored to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on the head baseball coach of the Auburn Tigers, Butch Thompson, here with us. Coach, the month of August is here. And boy, oh boy, it's hard to keep up with all the news and headlines that your program is making. We're not even in baseball season and it feels like new news is breaking each day about your program, Coach. Thanks for the time today. Absolutely. JJ, guys, it's just great to be with you. It's been a minute and it has been busy and I'm already trying to find a new slogan, right? I think it's going to be keep rolling. <laughs> I know uh, Auburn football has got watch and I can't wait for Auburn football to get started, but I just, I want this to keep rolling. You know, that momentum. I, I think last year when I started in August, this time about a year ago, I was thinking about SUNY Lee and and, you know, everything going on and can we take that momentum into the year and absolutely basketball and and the baseball program absolutely did that. And I just I want to keep rolling, and I want this to be an amazing year for us. But, you know, you want these short years as a baseball coach or these short summers, I guess I should say, where as soon as we get back from Omaha, things keep rolling and so many positive things. I think about the draft for sure, right? And I think about eight guys. It breaks my heart to lose some of these pieces because they're just amazing young men and you want to coach them forever. But, all eight of our guys that are drafted that, that's going on into professional baseball, all eight, none of the eight were drafted out of high school or junior college. They were all drafted for the first time in this July draft that we just had. I think that speaks to development of, you know, I, I give a ton of credit to Gabe Gross, Carl Nunnemaker, Tim Hudson, you know, our strength coach, our trainer. Our just We have an amazing staff, and I think development, you know, rules the day for this group and how they were all drafted for the first time. I, I think about these facility things that were mentioned last week, uh, coming online at Plainsman Park to stay up with our peers in our league. But the uniqueness of Plainsman Park, these additions are absolutely going to be amazing. And hopefully in the next couple of months we'll roll some things out. And then, you know, there's always staff changes. And, you know, we announced yesterday that I think most Auburn people uh, was able to see with Tim Hudson and going over to Lee Scott Academy to coach his son, Cade, um, his senior year of high school, which is, again, Tim Hudson is such an amazing guy. He just continues to do admiral things, admiral things, and you know, going to do that for his son is incredible. And then, can you enhance the legacy? <laughs> you know, especially somebody that was on the Hall of Fame ballot and how good Tim Hudson was. But I think he did it. I think he he winds up pitching in Omaha. He winds up coaching in Omaha. He gets his Auburn degree. Yeah. Uh, he just continues to be uh, an amazing ambassador. Nobody's done more. No student athlete's done more for the university than Tim Hudson, and he put some work ethic in for three years. So I'm absolutely crushed to not be able to go to work with Tim every day like I have the last three years. But you know what? That's kind of how things happen. Sometimes you give up three runs in an inning, and you still got to find a way to win. And I'm Again, I'm as crushed as I am about Tim. I'm bringing my college pitching coach uh, to Auburn to to be with our guys. To is an amazing teacher in Darren Schoenrock. He's been the head coach at Memphis the last 18 years and has been the pitching coach in our league at Kentucky, Georgia, Mississippi State. So things are happening every day. I know I get to. I'm, I'm up in Birmingham tonight and getting to talk to the Greater Birmingham AU Club and some some donors and it just. It never ends, but that's a good thing. 
Butch Thompson's here with us, and you're right, just kind of going over everything that's happened since the season came to a close. It's it's crazy to know how much the program continues to move forward. Coach, tell me this. Obviously, the season ends with a trip to Omaha, which is just outstanding for the guys to be back there, and so many of your players are going to gain valuable experience going into next season with this. You're so good at staying in the moment, Coach, every time that we visit, but is there any way in which your life has changed since going to Omaha a second time as the head coach of the Auburn Tigers? Ooh, that's a tough question. I, I, I don't think so. I, you know, there's, there's different pulls and tugs to make you try to do some different things, but the, I, I love our blueprint for our program. I love everything that we do. Um, I think there's some personal things that can stretch you here or there, but uh, I just, I, you know, we built this thing close to home plate, and I, I just, I'm trying to do everything in my power to try to stay consistent with that. I, I, uh, I, I think we can taste winning a national championship now, and we're still, there's so much work to do. You know, checking that box of hosting a regional, we all, all think of Omaha, but checking that box of hosting a regional and then winning a regional, and we haven't had one since 2010, um, I think that's, that's huge. I just, I want to continue to be a steward of the program. I don't want us to start thinking that we are, have arrived. Um, I was disappointing with the end of this year. So for me, it was another failure because, man, we're supposed to – we can win that thing. I just don't think Auburn's second to none. Yeah. And the more things – the more times we can be competitive in the postseason, um, the more times we can continue to get good players to our program. You know, we're going to have some challenges in 2023. So, J.J., as soon as you start having a great year like this and you start looking ahead, it doesn't take a coach long to figure out man, we got to replace this and that, <laughs> and we're going to have to hook it up again and, and come up with some pieces. Man, I'm, I'm thankful that a Nate LaRue, who I think is going to be the best catcher returning in the SEC, is coming back for another year. Uh, Bobby Pierce coming back in right field. Both of those men had an opportunity to begin their pro career. We could have had 10 drafted instead of eight. So I'm thankful those two really good players are coming back. And then Cason Howell, who's been one of the best, I mean, he started from day one, right? He's going to come back and wind up starting more games than anybody ever in an Auburn uniform. So I, I think we're good close to home plate. I think our biggest miss and our biggest challenge is on our, in our program to continue to strive to, to be competitive in the toughest amateur baseball league in the world is, you know, on the mound. Who's going to go with Joseph Gonzalez? I think Tommy Sheehan coming back and going through this injury year and kind of starting to get back to form at the end of the year. Building a pitching staff, starting with those two guys. You know, a Burkhalter on the back end, can Chase Isabel grow into that role? And can we stay competitive on the mound? Because I don't think we've lost any talent. But what we did lose is experience. And then, you know, the left side of that infield. You know, a Brody Moore, a Blake Rambush who led the SEC and hit. Um, got to come up with some new pieces. Three out of the four infield pieces got to be replaced. Uh, we have just as much talent, but the experience that we miss on the mound, man, that keeps you from starting to get the big head when you start looking to start putting this 23 team together. But i tell you what we did do. We got more of our front-line talent to school than we ever have. It just seems like every year we're losing a second-rounder, a third-rounder right. to the pro draft, and we wound up getting a, a catcher in Ike Irish, a Chris Stanfield, and a right left-handed pitcher, Hayden Murphy being the right-hander, and Zach Crotchfelt from New Jersey, the left-hander. 
we got four amazing kids to school, and they had to turn down a boatload of money, probably north of three and a half million between those four in this draft, and they elected to come to school. And it was because the guys that left, they liked their style, they liked the culture, and they believed that they can wind up, you know, better in themselves and come and come into school. So we got to invest in those four young players, and you know, there's more. Uh, think of a Drew Nelson, you know, down from down in Troy, Alabama. That's won four state championships in a row. Can he be one of those freshman left-handers that's ready to to pitch for us and take a significant role right away? But um, yeah, nothing's changed. We just we're keeping our head down because the ultimate goal still hasn't been obtained, and so that that keeps you chasing something. And I just want to keep rolling. Yeah, and, and cannot wait for that to happen. Butch Thompson's here with us, the head baseball coach for your Auburn Tigers, and I'm glad you brought up hosting. And NCAA regional because you're right, not every program gets a chance to do that. And it'd been so long since Plainsman Park got to be home for an NCAA regional. And coach, I think you're still probably scoring runs if we were to check in on that regional right now. Man, what a weekend that was for your team. Yeah, and if we'd have kept scoring runs like that, you know, we probably won the <laughs> national championship. But you know, the next week when we went to Oregon State, that was their seventh seventh super regional to host, and they've never lost one. That was significant. It just happened to be 2,190 miles away. That was tough to to feel how powerful of a three-game series to win. It was one of the best experiences for me in 30 years as a coach to win at Oregon State. So, uh, you know, we wound up really getting the postseason kicked off with our offense, the pitching staff, and, you know, what a what a punctuation point put on the end of that Super Regional with Blake Burkhalter's performance for the ages, I'm telling you to come in and retire all eight batters, a team that had never lost a Super Regional in their home park in a one-run game. I mean, he couldn't even give up swing and miss. When we dropped him in the ball game, I think his runners in the seventh inning were up four to three, <laughs> runners at second, third. He can't even give up contact. That's how special eight up, eight down was for, for him as he produced swing and miss uh, because he could have been good that day and we still could have lost by two runs. What he wound up doing is in the biggest moment of his career, having the best outing he's ever had in his life. Just, just, just amazing, amazing run for our guys. Beating the Stanford team, you know, the Pac-12 winner in Omaha was a great job, and we just needed one or two of our guys to get on autopilot on the mound. Zylus would have been one, uh, but you know, it wound up being Delucha for Ole Miss, and it got Ole Miss past us. It got Ole Miss past Arkansas, and them in position to win a national championship which they did and, and coach we're listening to you describe all the the great things that happened this past year but also all the great things in the works for this program and you, you talk about momentum and and how much it's changed over last year of course you don't need to be reminded but this team picked last in the sec west and what it went on to achieve not only in the conference but going into hosting its own regional and, and going to the college world series for the second time in, in, in three years and and then also having all these players drafted uh going and keeping some of these players that could have left and not joined the recruiting class. I mean, there's such momentum in the program, and I think it would be so easy to, to pat yourself on the back for the season that it has, but it sounds like you're just so excited about the future. I mean, I mean, what goes into having this drive to continue to, to build off that momentum and not maybe not focus on the successes of the past, but use them as a tool to better the future? Yeah, that's great. Great, great thoughts. I, I just think it's the resiliency of a group of young people 
and coaches. I, I, for this season, I tried to give all our credit to our players and our coaches. They did an amazing job. We built them off of two principles and two principles only. It was self-confidence and no excuses. And I think that's good for a team coming off of being two games under 500. I thought personally I did a better job the year before. I don't know how that's going to resonate with all your listeners and <laughs> even with you guys, but I thought I did a better job because when you get hurt in the Southeastern Conference and we got banged up, we had the three or four foot injuries. They were bizarre. They were strange. The guys, after six or seven weeks, they were they were fine, but it just happened to be at the beginning and in the meat of SEC play, and it was the worst start first half I've ever been associated with in the SEC. But I, I thought we held the team together. And guys didn't run and hit the transfer portal. And we stuck it together with our culture. Orion Bliss was vital to showing up and playing every day. And you know what? I started to see it turn at the end of 21 where we won three of our last four SEC weekends and made our way to the SEC tournament. And I thought our success this year actually started the last month of SEC play in 21. We were just so, we were so beat down and had been so banged up that we didn't get to see the the best of that team, but that team held it together. The roster stayed together, and we absolutely built it off saying self-confidence is the number one variable to human performance no matter what anybody else says, and we're not going to make any excuses about our health and about you know anything else because we would have never won at Oregon State this year when they made us go 2,000 miles when we knew it was going to rain three of the nine innings every time you play, uh, you're going to play a team that's never lost one. And then, hey, the NCAA will kick in and make you travel an hour and a half, you know, from the field to your hotel room. So you're getting back every night after every game at 3 a.m. Central time. So if we hadn't built the team off excuses, if we hadn't stayed with our confidence when everybody on the outside had no confidence in us, um, Man, we, we, wouldn't, we couldn't change. So I give our players, our coaches a ton of credit. And I really thought, personally, you know, I did a much better job in 21 as a coach than I actually did this over. Like, you know, it's not like I had a, a speech there, first game of the regional, and said, hey, guys, if you guys will score 51 runs in these three games, we'll win. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was because they had hung in there, hung in there, been beat up, never quit, kept fighting. And they got built back up to a moment, and they made the most of it. It was tremendous. Coach, when you look back at this past season, you started off the year in Arlington, finished the year in Omaha. Was there a specific game, specific series that you taught you after the game, you looked at the team, you said, we could make it to back to Omaha this year? Yeah, whenever you go win a, win a series against Texas A&M, whenever you go and win, I think we had back-to-back weekends there. We won a series at Texas A&M and LSU. And, you know, Sonny couldn't get out. And I'm like, man, this little Rambush is a ball player. You know, this is a kind of kind of tempo to start a game and a battler like you need. And then I just, you know, Joseph Gonzalez, you could start seeing like we didn't even see his full effect this year. Hopefully we see it next year. But um, USA Baseball saw it this summer with Joseph. Uh, you just started seeing pieces materialize. Bobby Pierce didn't even make the trip to Arlington. I remember talking to him because he's coming off the double knee surgery and like, Bob, you have to be patient. You're not making this trip. We can only take so many because we're flying and, you know, all that stuff that goes with the logistics of traveling. And then he winds up getting in that lineup and staying in there every day. And 
and contributing. But uh, I have to go back to the Texas A&M and the LSU series kind of back-to-back early on because it was such an early, tough start for us in conference play last year or two years ago in 21. But to go grab two series on the road against really good ball clubs and eventually wound up being really good ball clubs, I thought thought that gave everybody – Everybody in the clubhouse started saying, man, we can kind of line up and compete with anybody off of those two weekends, and I I think we carried some momentum from there. You talk about Texas A&M and LSU, Coach, and the big series that that was for your team. Both of those programs have great game day atmospheres. The ballparks are intense to go in and play with, and as you said at the start of our conversation today, and as Auburn fans know at this point, Big changes are coming to Plainsman Park in terms of seating upgrades and, and spots that we haven't seen seats before. Tell us what we need to know about these changes coming to your park to enhance the environment there at Plainsman Park. Yeah, being in the league, I just this was year 20. So being in the league for two decades, it's like I, I wanted it as soon as I got here, right? right. So I wanted it year one as the coach of <laughs> what we're embarking on. So this has been banging a drum for a while, and I think it was actually two or three coaches before me. They all had a book and drawings and all these things they wanted to to enhance this amazing Plainsman Park. But now, it's not my idea anymore. You know, 20, we sold the park out. This year, coming off of 2021, and our fans not seeing us quit on that 21 season, those three of the last four weekends winning that SEC play, they stepped up to the plate, and our fans sold more season tickets before we played our first pitch this year than ever before. And at the end of this year, that was like a tip of the hat with, with our coaches and players being able to tell our fans, thank you. And so at the end of the day, we have more people come to Plainsman Park, come to those turnstiles this year than ever before. So now, you know, our fans, uh, our program, our leadership – it's like I, I think we're all in. I think we're aligned where everybody understands that it was amazing. Our students were amazing this year. Operation Atmosphere absolutely worked. Yep. And I think it's all collided at the same time. And, yeah, it's been a seven-year odyssey or a journey or a grind, whatever word you want to use, but I think it's all hit at one time to where it's like, man, we, it's time for more. We are investing more. We're all in more. We believe more than ever, and I think it all just hit at the same time. And I'm, I think from every spoke in the wheel that we've never been all in more than we are sitting here with us having this interview. And it is a beautiful thing. And that's why I say i got to keep rolling. And momentum, you're either trying to get it or keep it. And right now there is no time to lay anything down. It's the time to double down on our program and believe in this program because at the end of the day, uh, we want to win a national championship that will never stop being our pursuit uh, because that should be any Auburn sports team. That should be the goal. Absolutely should be the goal for us. But there's some legacy pieces of building a program and, and leaving things better than you found them that I'm absolutely committed to. And you have to understand, we're me and my family have been so blessed from this experience. But this is our way to continue to keep fighting and seeing a vision And now that vision is absolutely tangible right in front of us. And it's time to double down on Auburn baseball and see if we can squeeze anything out of this juice that we've created. And I'm talking about everybody, our leadership, our fans, our students. I'm going to stay after every one of the spokes in the wheel. 
for us to, to get what we want and envision out of this program. And I know you said there's still logistics that need to be worked out and everything, but just the idea that this is happening, Coach, I mean, I would imagine it's it's something as simple as going to your favorite spots around town and in the community. The idea that you could have seats added in left field, on the wall, or in right field, and, and getting outfield seats to the ballpark, that's just awesome. Yeah, nobody's going to have that, right? So all we did was put a hole in right center field, and look what our students did with that. <laughs> Imagine when we give that Fenway feature of seats on top of the monster. I mean, that's going to be fought over. That's going to be desired. You know, the nice batting cages we built, those were built with the intention of this second phase for this premium seating to go on top of there. And then, you know, I had two things with that everybody's just kind of rallied behind is down Donahue where it runs you know, Donahue Drive runs parallel right there with the first base side of our stadium. You know, putting a nice three- or four-story building right there. Uh, man, it services Tiger Walk. When a 14-, 15-year-old takes that right turn at that red light on Donahue, and they're from Texas, and they've been playing travel ball and north of Atlanta, and they're passing through. When they take that right on Donahue, they're going to see a facade, and it's going to look like a major league stadium. And they're immediately going to be captured by this ballpark and but we're also we wanted a facade and we want to generate and create revenue and opportunities and spaces for our fans to you know want to grab hold of that they've never had the opportunity before at Plainsman Park and yeah you can tell I'm pretty excited about this <laughs> and, and here's what's so interesting about this coach and I'm curious your perspective on this just what does Butch Thompson enjoy about going to a baseball game to get folks out there because coach your seat doesn't change in this right you're still in the dugout and I would imagine you don't get very many opportunities at this stage of life to just go out and enjoy a baseball game but truly in your heart the baseball guy that you are what do you enjoy about the atmosphere of being at a ballpark because again your seat doesn't change in all of this yeah and I just think my point is I guess we can do everything at Auburn that we've been doing around this league either at schools I've been at or other places I think we can hook it up and do it here in this sport. And I do think we're in everything school. We're, we're trying to build everything around here. Coach Harson let me talk to the football team last week. Yeah. That may be the highlight of my entire year <laughs> is getting to stand before them. Nobody's ever asked me to speak to a football team in the SEC in you know over 20 years of being in this league. It was absolutely a highlight for me. So we all need each other. And I tell you what, I'm going to change that seat. I know we're, we're a lot of work to do and some planning, and hopefully we can get some photos and stuff out to our fans to excite them even more instead of just hearing us talk. But if we can start on this next June, right after the season, June of 23, and then really get some stuff going for that 24 season, it's going to be exciting. And I don't know if I can just sit there. I've been thrown out of a ball game once in 30 years. But I tell you what, I probably – I'm going to probably time it up with one of these umpires here and just say, hey, throw me out, because I want I, – I, I have an urge to where if I can get thrown out in the first inning, I figure I could maybe go up in left field, maybe get Bruce to go with me, and we could do a couple innings in, in left field, the monster seats, and then go over to right field and finish on Donahue, maybe in the alumni suite. We have a vision of trying to bring everybody with us. So I want this to be an enhancement for our students. You know, our, our top donors and everywhere in between, from the ground floor to the top, I want everybody to have an elevated experience if they want to be part of it. That's incredible. I've already got it. I've already got it planned to get 
and I might get in trouble for this, but I want to get thrown out in the first inning, and I want to take it. All this is done. And it'll be a great development for maybe Coach Gross and Coach Nunnemaker to get to coach the team one day and, uh, you know, and then be back in there. So I'll use it as an educational purposes, but I absolutely want to take in a game like that if I can. You've got to. I mean, how can you truly sell the seat, Coach, if you've never experienced it in a ball game before? <laughs> I think this is a great plan. You've got our support. However much that is worth, you've got our support in making this plan happen. All right, you're so kind with your time. Let's start to wrap with this. Uh, you mentioned you do have a change in your staff. Uh, coach Schoenrock coming in to be your pitching coach. How'd you sell him on Auburn? It wasn't hard. I just he was in my <laughs> wedding. He was my pitching coach. Uh, a great eighteen-year run at, at Memphis. Had three stops in our league in the SEC. If you saw some of the the quotes, what they're saying about Coach Rock, I thought it was awesome. You know, Brandon Webb was the Cy Young Award winner. You know, Jonathan Papelbon's not one that we got a quote from, but is another guy that got a bunch of saves in the big leagues that that Coach Rock developed. Uh, Paul Mahalam was a ten-year major leaguer. Um, I just uh, this is an experienced teacher, so I absolutely think on the heels of Tim having an experienced teacher and somebody again that knows about the SEC is is so important. So I, I'm thankful. You know, we really didn't allow this thing to get opened up. You saw the one-two punch in the in the release yesterday because I was so convicted that if I had a chance for to give our players a teacher like this. With 38 years of experience in college baseball, I, if I can get him, if he's still got game in him after all these years, and I think he's still got game for a few, he might outlast me here. Who knows, right? But you, you're like, this guy's got game. This guy's got experience. This guy's got everything that a young pitcher wants to have all his goals met in college and beyond. And he's got an unbelievable track record. And he's a man above reproach. Him and his wife, Carol, and those two boys, it's an amazing family. He's been doing it for a long time. He's got a lot of game left. And Tim Hudson's big shoes to fill because the man came to work every day, and he didn't work like he had played in the big league 17 years. And that's the beauty of Tim Hudson. You can say what you want to about how good a pitcher he was or developed pitchers at Auburn. Nobody's given back more. But I'm going to tell you, the biggest – the biggest thing to Tim Hudson is ability. When the sun comes up, the guy's on his feet, and the guy can absolutely focus longer than everybody else, and he puts in a day's work every time he's committed to it. So for him to have a three-year run, it doesn't surprise me uh, because he's all in. Whatever his hands touch, he's going to do it full speed. And like I said, he just does another power dad move of imagine all that stuff he's missed with his kids, and he's got two at Auburn now and Cade going to be a senior at least got for him to go over. It's just another power move for him. But we absolutely, um, you know, hope Tim will keep coming back because a lot of these guys he's, he's had a hand in. But I couldn't be more excited. Uh, I'm looking so forward to bringing in an experienced teacher like this. It's been so successful to be with our guys. Coach, let me close with one story. Butch Thompson's here, the head baseball coach of the Auburn Tigers, and I want to go back to this past season that just finished. Let's bring light once again to the story in case any our listeners get so crazed in football and the things that happen year-round and certainly the success on the field for your baseball program. But how in the world did your team become so obsessed with Bad News Bears this season? Tell us the story. <laughs> 
You know, I, the one thing I did different, J.J., was I always spoke to the team after the game. So, And you can see coaches all around our league. As soon as the game's over, handshakes or whatever's going on, then you see a team get together like in the dugout and right. you see the head coach speak to them. So, and, and we've done it. I did it my first six years. I just, uh, I'm like, there was too many times where if we hadn't won the game that, man, I was just making it worse, right? I hadn't had a real chance to collect my thoughts. And whatever the next day got there, then I'd have to build them up a little bit. Or uh, the post game comments just became, you know, I wasn't as fired up about it. So I absolutely turned it over to my legacy members and um, those four guys. And I think Brody Moore is the one that really took the bull by the horns and became the leader. And so Brody would start getting them together after every game. I'm like, I'm not going to talk to them. I'll have better things to say, and I'll get us moving better if I wait till tomorrow. Brody Moore filled in that gap. He's the one that come up with the bad news, and it absolutely spread, just like Sonny's walk-up song, just like uh, Rambush being a competitor, just like Joseph having that great sinker, and bad news just absolutely got around because it kind of has two, two connotations, two meanings, right? So it has one meaning like nobody thinks we're any good, you know, so it's the bad news bears. But that second piece is like, you don't want to play us because we're bad news. And, <laughs> you know, we never lost more than two games in a row. It was a pretty good team built with consistency because I don't think I've ever coached a team that had done that. I mean, they never had a losing streak, per se. That was a model of consistency. And you had to beat us. And you could. But our team was very consistent to where we just played the game well. Brody Moore had four errors at shortstop. When's the last? Has that ever happened in our program? Has that ever happened for an SEC team? Ever. I don't think people realize how good a year he had there. Sonny Deshera's year. And you just look across the board. Uh, Burkhalter's season. So I think bad news meant two things. It was like, all right, they think we're the bad news bears. But at the end of the day, it's bad news to play us. <laughs> and that, you know, it's more powerful sometimes when it comes from the players instead of from the coaches anyway. And I think it was something they created, and I think it was more powerful because it was their idea. Thank you for the time today, Coach. This has been outstanding. Football season's right around the corner, but before we know it, we'll be back at Plainsford Park in 2023, and we'll be chatting with you in the near future. Thanks again for joining us again on the show today, Coach. Can't wait, JJ. Ryan, good to see all you guys. War Eagle. War Eagle. That's Butch Thompson, and he's joining us here on Sports Call today.